0: hello everyone welcome back to the Pueblo pigskin podcast i'm austin white chief and sports reporter and i am marcus hill and i am also a chief and sports reporter uh we're one less this week uh jeff latoff he's on vacation <laughs> just joking he's out doing his job he's covering uh, some csu Pueblo volleyball for us but uh marcus and i are here and we're going to talk uh you know, probably a little bit more about prep football because you know Jeff's our CSUP guy. But uh, as always, we're going to start with uh, well, uh, the top performances from last week. What stood out to
1: us? And Marcus, what,
0: who stood out the most to you
1: last week? Oh, well, I know it came in a loss, but uh, Jackson Dickerson he had an absolutely great game for us uh, South against Palmer Ridge. He had two touchdowns and he caught both of them. I believe there for 45 yards and. You know, obviously yeah. those were crucial, especially at the time of the game. Um, believe they were making the comeback against Palmer Ridge, and then, you know, he gets those two touchdowns. Absolutely momentum builders, and pretty amazing to see. I mean, there were almost duplicate, duplicate plays. Um, one, he kind of had to, you know, create more on his 45 yards. Gotcha. The other, you know, was pretty much down the right side of the field, so it was almost – relatively identical. I guess I shouldn't say the same, but, you know, 45 is 45 yards. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, last week, uh, there's a couple of solid performances, but I'm going to go with Jose Hanford. He just won our uh, boy player, prep player of the week. Uh, granted, they were playing Mitchell, which not the best team, but he did what he should against them. He had 192 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and he's just been a beast all around, all season, really, because he's second... In the S.E.L. and rushing yards, I think uh, only behind a kid from Barengo. So that was just another notch in his belt, and County's going to be relying on him. I'm pretty sure every week. So look forward to more from Jose Hanford and what he what the, what else he can do with uh, league coming up as well. And he's going against
1: Harrison this week. So good yep, luck. Yep, yep. <laughs> that'll be fun to see if they can stop him. I but, will leave my personal opinions out of that one. Even though I, I, I think he'll have a pretty solid game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, leave my stuff out of that one. We'll get to that
0: one too a little bit later. We'll dive into that. But uh, right now, uh, we'll talk a little bit about CSU Pueblo and uh, what we know. Uh, last week, they had a great upset win against Texas AM Commerce. Uh, I believe, it was, what was the score? 24 17, I think, somewhere around there. Yes, really a big game for the Thunder Wolves you know avenge that Mines loss
1: the week before and really stay alive in hopes of getting to the playoffs yeah and what's amazing is you know they were down 10-0 at one point and then most of the second quarter they were down by 10 and they had to really fight and claw back to get i think they tied it at the break it was 10-10 and they pretty much just took over from there they didn't they didn't allow much on defense and then the offense came to life you know gunner first off gunner returned gunner yeah. like fear he returned and uh he had quite the performance. Let's see here. Uh, I believe he was fourteen of twenty-five for 183 yards and got a touchdown for him. So it's pretty good. Yeah, not too bad <laughs> off of shoulder injuries. So yeah. that's very important for him. Uh, I and mean, I know they've been, you know, there's this trouble with injuries all year. So oh, yeah. getting him back, that's a pretty important key to the to the machine that is CSU Pueblo. So that's good for them. I and mean, with good teams, always. I mean, you can be great, but if you aren't healthy.
0: <laughs> I mean, you could have depth, too, but, you know, those guys, they're backups for a reason. But, you know, CSUP to get, hopefully now, try to start getting some guys healthy and hopefully build some momentum off this, because, you know, our Mac is not going to be quite like those past two weeks with playing the Mines and Texas A&M, but that's a huge win.
1: Kept them alive, and we'll see where they can go from there. Yeah, and they have San Diego, or I'm sorry, not San Diego, South Dakota <laughs> <laughs> Mines yeah. now, um, yeah. Quite a turn from, like you said, the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah, this this one might get relatively ugly at a very very quick pace. Um, in the three games that they've played, TSU Pueblo's outscored them one twelve to thirty eight. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a Was tough like go. 70? So I, I don't I don't know how well. Um, I don't know how well South Dakota does in this one. It's a good matchup for CSUP because oh, yeah. this is exactly what they need coming off a couple of tough games. So yeah. put in some of the backups, get some of those guys arrested or something. Yeah, get them rest, get them reps. It's all it's all important and relative at this time of the year. This is what they need, so this should be a good one for them. Yeah, Plus, this
0: game is, like, one of the best mascot matchups. I mean, it's Thunderbolts, which, no offense, but I still don't know what that is. And mm. I think South Dakota Mines is, like, the hard knockers. yeah. So I mean that's that's just fun right there. That's why you should watch just to hear that throughout the throughout the broadcast. Well, I mean, what what even is a hard knocker? Like what? I, I think it's something to do
1: with mining, but you know, I'm not 100 percent sure. See, I have absolutely no clue. We sound we probably sound so silly right now trying to figure out what this is. <laughs> yeah. but I have no clue. What, I know what hard knocks is like. Yeah, like, yeah the, the show. But yeah. as far as a hard knocker, no, I have no clue.
0: Well. CSUP is going to hard knock them to a loss. Yeah, I think. There, you go, there you go. I'm
1: taking CSUP probably like 45 to 10, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just about the same round, So four points both of the other ways. It's 41-14 CSUP. Okay. Like I said, going to get ugly. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough CSUP talk. We'll talk about preps
0: now. Uh, and our pretty much the game of the week this week is going to be down south in Rye, we got a class 1A top 10 matchup, two undefeated teams, Florence is coming down to Rye, they're ranked number 4 in 1A, Rye is ranked number 9, and like I said, they're both undefeated, and this is going to be a chance, you know, it seems like each week we've said that it's a new chance for Rye to make a statement, but this is really going to be the one where, okay, is this Rye team for real,
1: or are they just a good, a solid team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year, Rye, they lost to Florence 49-0. Obviously a completely <laughs> different team from what it they is. were last year because I believe this time they were 0-4 last season, and now yeah. they're 4-0. So they've completely flipped the script. And um, like you're saying, it's going to be a tough matchup for them. Yeah. I mean, looking at it from what Florence has
0: this year, they it's going to be a quick game because they both run the ball a lot. I mean, Florence has... 1073 rushing yards as a team which ranks third in in class 1a uh their big uh back is, his name is uh owen busetti b-u-s-e-t-t-i he uh he leads the team with 596 yards and 10 touchdowns which those uh rank third the yards ranks third in 1a touchdowns ranks first in 1a so obviously Busetti's going to be what Ryan needs to stop immediately <laughs> uh Looking at but, looking at some of his games, uh, some of uh, Florence's games. There you go. Uh, it seems like Rye could be in a good matchup with Florence because a couple weeks ago Florence played Montevista, and you look at the score and it was, let's see, what was it? It was like forty-nine to nineteen, something like that. Looks like a blowout, but really Montevista was you know kind of able to stay in it. They had 226 rushing yards in Florence, and what Ryze has done all year, what their their offense is, is a rushing attack that features five different options. They they have guys, they, they haven't had a single rusher get a 100-yard game, but they still have close to 900 rushing yards as a team through four games. It's because of guys, they have five guys that really primarily run it in, Bryce Benz, Hayden Polk, Creed Rawl, Riley Pritchard, and Robert Buford. They all just have great numbers are all kind of around the same a couple of them are in the 200 range in rush yards but really when you have an attack like that and you know a potential florence defense that doesn't like to stop the run this could be
1: this could be a solid matchup for Rye. well you know looking at some of the things that i saw um rye could have a tough time running the ball cuz outside of Monte Vista, uh kid i think his name is Lord have mercy help me. Caden <laughs> Winta, I believe is how he pronounces it. Um, he had his season high it was 166 yards, a touchdown on 29 carries. Um, he's the number five rusher on one A. But outside of that, they haven't given up much on the ground. Um, let's see against Peyton, forty-four carries, seventy-seven yards. Dang. Uh Peyton's West's hurt, excuse me, West Hart, he had nineteen carries for forty six yards. Um And their opener against Rocky Ford, they gave up 43 yards on the ground, 26 carries. The longest was 10. Um, Now, obviously, rise rushers are much better than that. Um, Like you said, they have a whole fleet of guys who can run the ball pretty well. Um, But this one, I think, is going to be an offensive struggle for both teams. It's probably going to be a low-scoring affair. Um, Both defenses are absurdly solid. The most, I, I think... Florence has given up twenty six or twenty five points this year, and pretty much all of that was to Montevista. So, yeah, it's it's probably going to be a low scoring. At least that's what yeah. Rye is hoping for. It's a low yeah. scoring affair. I mean, yeah, I mean Rye themselves last week or two weeks ago was the only points they
0: fell out with Rocky Ford when they won thirteen to twelve. But with that, like you said, Florence took care of Rocky Ford. They mm-hmm. beat him forty to six. Rye beat him by one point, thirteen to twelve, and. You know, that's probably, that's a good comparison to try to make, you know, when you're trying to look at these matchups, you know, who common opponents, but I think you said it last week, we were kind of talking about this, like, just the style that Rye plays is able to kind of bring teams either down to their level or even sometimes up to their level, because, you know, it's a lot about possessing the clock, you know, running a lot, and really that's kind of what happened in the Rockford 4 game, was they were just able to take away so much time that Rocky Ford kind of wasn't able to come back. So that I think that leads into one of the biggest keys for Rye is that if they can get an early lead and, you know, be able to run the ball like they have been so far this season, that they, they can just keep the ball out of Florence's hands and
1: potentially not even give it a chance. Yeah, you know, that and turnovers, that's going to be the key. Um, it's probably not going to be more than two turnovers this game, but whoever gets that first one, that's probably yeah. who wins because... There likely won't be a whole lot of possessions. it will probably be a lot of 10, 13, 15 play drives, nine minutes long, and, you know, if you give up one of those opportunities, that's essentially a half. So yeah. they got to – whoever <laughs> has the rock got to make sure to take care of it. That's yeah. what needs to happen. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up turnovers too because, I mean, like I said, there's probably not going to
0: be many, but Rye has only turned the ball over three times this year. Florence only four. So – but Rye's caused more. Rye's caused twelve turnovers compared to Florence's nine. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I definitely whoever can get a key turnover could
1: probably turn the whole tide of this. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, it's it's gonna be tough. You know, hopefully, shades of last year don't pop up for Rye, and you know, anybody who may have been on that team last year is frustrated or upset with the score from last season. You know, hopefully, they use that more as fuel towards this season. And they're able to take what they had from that loss and carry it into this one as a positive rather than a negative and not let it horribly impact their game. Like, hopefully they do something positive with that. Like, hopefully if Florence scores first, they don't turn into the, oh, this is going to be just like last year kind of thing. Hopefully they like, hey, look, we can compete with this team. This is what it's going to be. So it's all about the mindset as yeah. well. And the best part is they been able to do that already because I mean they had a win against Crowley
0: who blew him out they beat Rocky Ford who blew him out and exactly what you said too. last two weeks ago Rocky Ford scored on their first drive and I I was talking to uh, I think it was Creed Rawl. he said that when they first scored when Rocky Ford scored they kind of had that thought of oh here we go again like they're going to start scoring on us but they obviously did not only scored one more time and I was able to win so it's good that they've already had some of those tests and This will be the biggest one so far, and it doesn't get easier because Tri-Peak's league in 1A. Florence is 4, then I think uh, Colorado Springs Christian was 6, Ride was 9, Buena Vista dropped out this week. I don't really know why, but they were 8 before, and they're still a solid team.
1: And I think BV, I think they lost to Cedar Edge. Um, They got beat up pretty good in that game, Um, but Cedar Edge is also one of the top teams in 1A, so fair enough. Take with that what you will. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Alright, game predictions. Tough part. Um, yeah. I think this one will be Rye's first loss. I definitely think it will be a close contest, but I think the Huskies just have a little bit more them at the end of the game and they end up taking this one 18-15. Yeah. I pretty much agree with you. Uh, it's going to be
0: a lot closer, I think, than last year, obviously. But And Rye does have home field advantage working for him. But this Florence team is just really solid. And all the way around, a lot of guys returning back from that team that beat right last year. So I'm going to say it's low-scoring as well, but Florence gets 20. i say 20 to 10. Florence wins.
1: Not bad at all.
0: That's, no. a, that's a solid prediction. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> all right. Moving back up north into Pueblo, uh, the only other home game coming up this week is Centennial. Uh, they're hosting Sierra, and no offense to Sierra,
1: but I think we are both going to have Centennial winning this game by quite a few. Yeah, I mean, you know, outside of the fact that Devin Blue is probably just going to run all over Sierra in this contest. Um, Sierra, like we said, that you know they're still rebuilding, putting the team together, getting guys healthy, and just trying to get a bunch on the field to make sure they have a game each week. But um, you know, Centennial's coming coming in off of a win. They got momentum going their way, they're trying to move to two in a row. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a tough outing for Sierra. Yeah. I mean,
0: Devin Blue is already a big kid and you know, kinda of looking at Sierra played central and <laughs> if you haven't seen you should see the the video of Jeremy Burroughs running over a kid from Sierra, but Centennial's got even bigger backs. Yep. So if Sierra couldn't stop <laughs> stop some of that central rushing attack, it's gonna be a long night for Centennial. And They've got even more back. They've got, they're like Rye, they got a whole stable they can throw at you. So I don't see Sierra doing much in this one.
1: I'm gonna say Centennial wins at 40 to 0. Yeah, and see, you know, I wanna say much higher because Sierra hasn't allowed less than 46 points this year. So Yeah, <laughs> there's there's that, but um, yeah. I definitely have Centennial winning this one 35 to 7. 35-7. 35-7. Alright. Moving on
0: uh we'll go up to Colorado Springs now. Uh, South is heading up there to play Lewis Palmer. Uh South had a tough loss last week, but they were playing the number one team in three A in Lewis Palmer over at the Thunder Bowl. Had a halftime lead, kinda you know, some turnovers kinda did them in, but now they can try to get the steam out against the Lewis Palmer team. That's three and one and looks pretty solid so far. Yeah, well, you know,
1: looking at Lewis Palmer's record, um asterisk. I right think <laughs> right yeah there. yeah, pretty much bringing it in the it. Butt. so what I looked at um, the, so their three victories were against Evergreen which is 26th of the RPI right now Coronado which is a 4A team so shout out to them but they're number 40 out of 42 in the RPI Yikes. Canyon City is 37 in the RPI out of 42 and then their lone loss of the year was to Mead, and Mead's now number one in the RPI South was number one last week and now they're number two. So putting two and two together, <laughs> two and two together, this is, this is going to get probably ugly, quick, fast, and in a hurry.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it seems like Louis Palmer was just kind of able to take care of some of those lower ranking teams. And when they did have a chance against a team like Meade, it got shown <laughs> exactly what what's up. So, I mean, I don't see South really dropping this one. I don't think it's really much of a trap game. Really, I know they're probably looking to East potentially a little bit, but the South team seems focused, a lot of senior leadership. So I don't see them really blowing this one. The only thing I, looking at Lewis Palmer, uh, I think the best thing is going to be to get to their quarterback, uh, Alex Weaver. He's only got a com- he's got a completion percentage under fifty, and his six to four touchdown to interception ratio. So I think really if South can just kind of get in his face and cause some turnovers, this could be an easier win for South. And when, and they have the guys to do that
1: with the Smith brothers. Yeah, I mean they forced I want to say two or three last week. Uh, they forced a couple fumbles. They made some great goal line stands against Palmer Ridge, which you know that yeah. one of the best teams in the state, devoid of any class. Yeah, yeah. So you know going against Lewis Palmer that shouldn't be too tough of a thing for them to do. So limit their turnovers and, you know, force a few on the other end, and they'll be, they'll cruise in this one. Yeah. I got South winning it pretty easily. I'm going to say 38 to 14. I definitely have South. Got him winning this one 40 to 25. I'll give Lewis Palmer a couple last minute, uh, last minute scores, but... Yes. garbage time yep get those fantasy numbers up if you do that oh, with yeah. high school football fantasy high school football <laughs> yeah. I think I'd question you <laughs> if you're doing that out there that'd be awful yeah, yeah that would just be tough to calculate anyway like yeah. I don't know how you would do that tough enough keeping track of the stats hey, as <laughs> is. Yeah. if somebody's out there doing it let us know somebody yeah. can shame you for the horrible human being that you are <laughs> if that
0: was a real thing I'd probably take a moving into our next matchup I'd probably take Jose Hanford with my uh first overall pick. They're playing Harrison on the road this week. Harrison's trying to go for the, their uh, mini Pueblo sweep. They already took down Centennial 22-0. They beat Central down here last
1: week 14-7, and now they got County up there. Well, the thing with this team, with Harrison, they've shut down the run against two teams who like to run the ball, yeah, like and <laughs> they almost had two consecutive shutouts against Pueblo teams before Central got their late score last week. Um for county, they're gonna to have to figure out a way to run the ball efficiently and effectively against Harrison, which you know, easier said than done. Um, that's probably where it's gonna be a slip up for them, just because that Harrison defense, even though they're missing key pieces from last season, they seem to have rebounded just fine on defense. So yeah. they'll probably take care of this one. Yeah. I mean, well, see, I, I think I feel like Harrison's getting like a like different
0: tiers of running backs. Like they saw Centennial's crew they saw central's crew which had proven more and now they get you know jose hanford and chase hartman who county's at two and two and they've gotten a couple of wins i feel like their rushing attack is probably better so far than central and centennial so it feels like it's just been a step increase each week for harrison and it'll, it'll be interesting to see because i mean they central i don't i'd be shocked if they cracked 50 rushing yards last week i mean it was just complete domination but centennial but county Getting all the Cs mixed up, county, with Pinkerton over there. I mean, it's been a new scheme. I mean, I'm a lot of new bodies. I mean, I haven't been able to see him myself. But when when you have a guy like Hanford who can put up 192 yards, you would assume that you know their lines probably doing something right. It's just kind of the size. Because looking at Harrison last week, they were just physically bigger than Central, and I feel like that kind of played a big role into being to almost keeping them to a shutout, which. It almost was. I mean, it was a passing touchdown with 21 seconds left to get him seven.
1: Which you know that that's pretty crazy because Central's passing game has also been pretty solid yeah. throughout the season, and you know for the most part they had that shut down. I know that Central had a couple of um just a couple of mishaps deep in their uh, in, in Harrison territory, yeah. but for them to get shut down the passing game probably awoke them a little bit. So. That that'll that'll be good for them going forward. But you know, as far as Harrison and County goes, um, County doesn't have a supreme pass game, yeah. so they'll have to bust out some tricks if they're going to try to mix things up. But if they're forced to stick with the ground game, that'll be the challenge for them because if it gets shut down in any way, shape, or form, there's not much that they're going to be able to do. Because like we said, Central's run game has been pretty solid all season, yeah. um, and for Harrison to put the put the clamps on them, <clears throat> excuse me, both in the passing game and the run game, that's that's pretty notable. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be tough, and for County's
0: defense too, because Harrison likes to run it a lot too. So, you know, this is gonna be another type of one, another one of those games where both teams are trying to control the control possession, control possession, control the time. Uh, but for game picks, I I'm gonna go with County. I think it's going to be close. I think County's got uh, one of the better rushing attacks down
1: here in Pueblo. I'm going to say 23 20. Well, I think you already know where I'm going with this one. We do. We do. No (laughs) shock at all. Um, I mean, you know, outside of their defense, the offense looks solid for them to post a decent win. Um, I got Harrison 21 7 in this one. Okay. Speaking of. we got a couple teams off this week. Uh, East is off,
0: uh, West is off. So if you're wondering about those two, we're not going to talk about them because <laughs> they ain't playing. But uh, our last game uh, is also up in spring. Central is taken on Sand Creek. And I feel like this is kind of probably the toughest matchup to kind of look at because Sand Creek has kind of been all over the place. Central, kind of similar after last week seeing what Harrison was able to do. So, really,
1: going into this, I mean, there's a lot of question marks. Really, kind of for both sides. Yeah, and I mean, this was probably the toughest game without question to pick because okay. Sand Creek, I want to say they played Palmer Ridge last week. Um, or, excuse me, two, yeah, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. I, obviously, not last week. <laughs> two weeks ago. Um, and, obviously, Palmer Ridge did what they were supposed to do. And seeing Sand Creek, I believe, it was the first game of the season out here against Centennial, look completely different from the team of last year yeah. where they couldn't find a rushing yard. <laughs> and then, you know, they explode for almost 300. So yeah. what's expect of this team, I'm not even sure at this point. <laughs> but the fact remains that they do have a solid run game. So that's what Central is going to have to really hone in on and focus on trying to stop. Yeah. That's going to be the big one. Yeah, I mean, just...
0: Uh, Sand Creek didn't have their stats up in on max preps. I think they only had the first two games in, but that first game against Centennial, uh, their running back uh, Greg Garnett ran for 209 yards and three touchdowns. And I feel like Centennial and Central are a little bit similar. I think Central's defense is a little more senior, a little more experienced, but Harrison was able to you know, consistently run the ball. If Sand Creek has a running back like Garnett, that they could potentially have similar success against Central
1: yeah and you know that kid was about my height yeah. and just just had amazing balance and you know it's not like when I was watching that game with them in uh, Centennial it's not like Centennial did anything wrong that kid was just elusive <laughs> yeah. he he escaped people, he was quick he was fast and bolted down the field um, so if they can manage to stop some of those just outlandishly great plays they'll be fine <laughs> but you know if it's outlandish what can you yeah. do so. <laughs> exactly and-
0: what also makes it tough is like Sand Creek—they're sitting at two and two. I mean, they got blown out by Palmer Ridge, but uh, their other blowout was to Hinkley, who's undefeated and is a number four, is the number ten team in Class Four A. So really, it's like, yeah, they got blown out a couple games, but those were, you know, top tier teams. And while Central has played, you know, some bottom tier teams, played, you know, a solid team in Harrison. So now, really, uh, for both sides, this is going to be. A good measuring stick, and I'm sure Sand Creek would love to get this to beat at three and two and by entering into their league schedule as well. So I don't know; it's going to be tough. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Sand Creek's just solely because they have home field advantage here, and I'm going to say Sand Creek takes it seventeen
1: uh, thirteen. I'm going slightly the opposite way, <laughs> mainly because of Jeremy Debo. Barrows. That's going to be the game changer. I mean, um, if they can't get it done on the ground, they'll they'll have to go to the air, and they're capable, so that'll be the big game changer. Um, I'm picking Central to win this one 24-20. But yeah, I think we're all going to be split on this one. Yeah, it's going to be by far the toughest of this week.
0: And uh, lastly, on Saturday, we got Dolores Huerta. They're going to be at home. Uh, They're playing Justice. And no... It was a rough time with this team last year. I think what was the final like? Oof. I think it was fifty-six-zero. Justice took down DHPH last year. It was definitely tough. Yeah, but it appears that Justice has lost some guys because uh, Justice themselves have had a rough year in twenty-nineteen, and Dolores Wright is still looking for their first win, and they're going to be at home and you know finally try
1: to find the win. Column. Yeah, and you know both of these guys. I think Justice is zero and four. DHPH is zero and five. So. Both of these teams are hungry for a victory, and um I want to say that was pretty much the case last season, and then, you know, we thought that DHPH this would be the one that they got, and then wasn't quite that way, but it's much different this year. Like, they have a grasp of what eight-man football is, so it's going to be tough, but I I think they can get it done in this one. All right. You're taking DHPH? Yeah. I won't say by a landslide or anything. Um <laughs> It's probably going to be close, thirty to twenty-eight. DHPH. Yeah. Oh man. It it seems like both defenses,
0: have, both defenses have had some struggles stopping teams this year. A lot of forties on the opposite side. I think this goes to a high scoring probably affair. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull with the Huerta. I'm gonna pull with them being at home. I'm gonna say, forty to thirty-five. DHPH gets this done.
1: We'll get the W. Oh yeah, they need it. Yes, I'll be happy to see him, or I'll be happy to see him get one. That'll be great. Absolutely, and I think that's all we got for this
0: week. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, you know, there are not too many home games this week, but you know, if you can make it down to Rye, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. See a top ten matchup in one A, and you know, could potentially see some championship teams between those two. So, thanks for everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.